What's up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is Good Morning Liberty. We are at Freedom Fest in Memphis, Tennessee. I'm Nate Thurston. This is Charles Chuck Thompson. And over there is the one and only Spike Cohen. Spike, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic, guys. Thanks for having me on again. You were telling us great stories about how much fun you've been having uh, this entire week. Yes. I'm sure you've been extremely busy, <laughs> but you're well-rested and everything has gone swimmingly the entire time. When I say everything has gone smooth, I mean smooth in the way that you could expect at a multifaceted, libertarian-leaning political event that goes on for the better part of a week. It's <laughs> great. Smoothest sailing ever. In yes. Memphis. In, in, in Memphis, in Memphis, Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah. Difficult, right. Every difficulty boost added. <laughs> And still going amazingly. All right, and Spike, we've had you on a few times now, and I don't recall us spending a good amount of time talking about You Are the Power, yeah. but I've been following what you guys are doing, and I wanted you to tell people about that if they don't know what that is, and then maybe tell us about a story you guys are highlighting right now, or sure. the kind of stories you highlight. Yeah, so You Are the Power, uh, I realized that we had, I guess, three main problems in the liberty movement. Uh, and I speak very broadly when I talk about the liberty movement. I mean everything from, you know, anarcho-capitalists, libertarian party members, liberty-leaning people that may consider themselves progressives, conservatives, people who just recognize the status quo is failing them and they want to be more free. But in this movement, we have a problem where we don't really have a good solid blueprint for how to bring people into the movement. We talk a lot about making liberty win and growing the movement, but there aren't a lot of really good blueprints for that. There's a lot of good ideas, but no one actually has an A through Z plan. Um, and that leads to a lot of infighting and a lot of frustration and so forth. Uh, the other problem is the general public either doesn't really know much about us or they have a really skewed perception of us and they think our ideas might or might not sound good, but they don't really, they can't demonstrate it in practice or they don't think it's been demonstrated in practice. And then the third glaring problem from that is that people are increasingly suffering under a worsening status quo. Well, how do we address all three of those things? Well, we started with the people who are suffering. And so what we did with You Are the Power is we find people who are being harmed by their local governments. And I, I can give you a couple examples of that, but they're being harmed by their local governments uh, and they have no, uh, they don't know how to actually try to get justice for themselves. They might just be showing up to city council meetings and saying, please stop doing this to me, but they don't, they don't know how to effectively fight it. And so we help their, they, we help them and their local communities to organize around that cause and to fight for justice and for accountability. And then we also invite the people that are doing that to join us on other causes and help them learn about the the principles behind liberty and why not only they agree with us on this cause but on every other cause we're working on so we kind of make them uh, uh, accidentally libertarian or we kind of you know here's a cause here's a cause here's a cause oops now you're libertarian and uh, it's been working incredibly so give us give us an example sure so the one we've been working on one of the ones we've been working on most recently uh, is we're back to Gastonia North Carolina and I say that because we've been there a few times they have a really terrible city council there uh, and a, a really deeply ingrained uh, uh, corruption there. Um, the most recent one is that there is a, a pastor there named Moses Colbert, and he has a church called Faith, Hope, and Love. And he and his congregants uh, have been feeding and providing shelter and basic needs to uh, uh, basic services to homeless people in and around Gastonia for the better part of 20 years now, to the point where there are people that were some of the original residents there at Faith, Hope, and Love who now are congregants who have their own homes and their own careers and they were able to get clean and they were able to get educations because of the work that Pastor Moses and his congregation do. The problem is the city council wants a homelessness crisis. And you can't have a homelessness crisis when the people are coming together and voluntarily helping people get back on their feet. 
So unlike a lot that. Of, <laughs> uh, unlike most of the other towns in and around Charlotte, the Charlotte, North Carolina area, they don't really have a bunch of people living on the streets. They don't have a bunch of uh, overdoses and suicides on the streets. They don't have a lot of street crime happening from people trying to get their next fix. They don't have any of that, but they want it because that's how you get federal money to fix the problem. And so what they did was they, uh, they, they at first they shut them down uh, last year. We fought back and they, they allowed him to reopen. And now their plan is not just to shut him down, but to completely steal his church, to seize the property it's on, and to kick everyone out on the street. We're looking at about 125 people that are that are living on and in the property there who are doing just fine, but they want them back out on the street. How are they framing this? I doubt they're saying that they want a homelessness crisis. No, no, so what's not. their <laughs> reasoning that they're using to, to sell to the people? They're saying that, uh, you know, that there are some uh, infractions happening there. And the, so far, we'll, the only infraction we've seen is that uh, one of the trailers that we've brought to the property that is eventually going to be used for counseling and substance abuse counseling and things like that, but isn't currently being used, doesn't have a, a, a wheelchair accessible ramp yet. That's mm. the only thing we can find so far. There was another thing about that there was some litter on the property, but the problem with that ordinance is that it's private property, and it's not even visible to the street. So he, they're going to fine him because he had, had because they've cleaned it up now, uh, a, a pile about this big of like cans and bottles on his private property, not in the view of anyone else. And they're saying, well, this is all very unsafe. Much more, uh, much more unsafe, of course, than kicking them out on the streets and making them live on the streets and in the woods behind where everyone lives and, uh, you know, dying of overdose and, and, and suicide. Well, and so the forth. woods are very, they're known for being very handicap accessible. Yes. So, yes. yes. Um, As that, are the sidewalks. So yeah. many yeah. ramps, so, so many better. ramps in the woods. Just, yeah. It's just lousy with ramps out in the, in the, in the, in the forest there. And uh, yeah, so they're, they're playing this angle of saying, you know, this is very unsafe. You know, that's a lot of people to be on a property. Yeah, it's also a lot of people to have no other option. And, uh, and so uh, we show, we've been showing up to their city council meetings. Each time we have more and more people there. The most recent one we had a couple weeks ago, um, and it was other pastors and congregations from other churches that have now been working with Pastor Moses and Faith, Hope, and Love, uh, as well as a few dozen of the residents there at Faith, Hope, and Love who came to basically ask these city council people, these human beings, stop trying to kick me out in the street. I'm not doing anything to hurt you. And so I showed up, I gave a little two minute speech, that clip went viral. And uh, the beauty of that is on the, uh, on when I tweeted it and posted it and so forth, I put the names and the contact information, the email and uh, phone numbers of the mayor and all of the city council members so that the millions of people that saw it can let them know what they think about what they're doing. And, uh, and so what we most recently heard is that there's been a pause on enforcement and that they're working with Pastor Moses to let him continue doing what he's mm. doing. So cyberbullying the government works, folks. <laughs> it works. Dox the government anytime you can. Do I guess yeah. it's not really doxing. It's not doxing because no. it has to be public information. Yeah, I didn't give their home yeah. addresses. That's these are the true. kinds of stories that just make you so angry that these, that these things happen. And people who just get a little bit of power just want to abuse it yep. all for all for money. For money. It's liter They're literally doing this. I mean, if you, gotta, you think of the mindset of someone who probably considers himself a Christian. This is, you know, Gastonia, North Carolina. I'm sure everyone up there considers themselves either a Christian or some kind of person of, of some kind of faith. Uh, they, I'm sure they well, all they definitely think of themselves as good people. Yeah, they certainly think of themselves yeah. as good people. Yeah. I'm sure they, they kiss their kids or grandkids at night, and, and I'm sure they're active in their, in their communities and so forth. And then they get behind that, that you know, lectern, they get behind that desk, and now they put aside the respect that they typically show for their fellow human being in any other capacity of their lives and do horrific things 
things to them for money and the ability to get reelected. And it just shows how skewed that perception is of what they get to do, both from them and from the voting public, on what someone gets to do when they're on the other side of a, of a government lectern, as though that somehow uh, removes their, their, uh, their duty to have a certain decent amount of respect and non-aggression towards their fellow human being. This reminds me of, do you know who Cole Ebel is? Yes, Cole Ebel, yeah, in, in Tennessee. Ebel, sorry, yeah. So Ebel, uh, he owns a few businesses in Carthage, yep. and uh, he was on the city council for a while. Started posting the budgets and everything on Facebook, which I <laughs> thought was awesome, uh, transparency. Uh, but there's a new fight that he's working on, which is basically, um, so the city of Carthage basically created a government entity that now runs the town events in competition with the volunteer committee that's been doing it for 20 plus years fantastic yeah <laughs> and they're basically now not going to permit the volunteer community to, to do like halloween night and yeah. things like that, that it tracks. has to be done yeah. by the government entity. they want money they want money it's insanity the government you, is always a monopoly yeah yeah you know it, it's nuts and what's crazy to me is that you can take this story you're telling remove the specifics of the story in gastonia and it sounds like what the government does all the time everywhere like they're always trying to help that they're trying to help that it's for your safety yeah. it's to you know protect the public <laughs> so yes. it's for your protection yeah. Yeah. and they make everything worse they get rich in the process or they make they get more money in the process for whatever their budget is and in the meantime uh people are being hurt it is a protection racket with extra steps it is yeah. uh this is a great community guy here be a shame if someone was to have a crisis and need to fix it. Like, I mean, it's literally, that's what it is. And I, in my little two minute speech that I get, that I gave, I said, you know, it's very clear why you're doing this. Like if you allow this man of God and his congregation to fix and prevent a homelessness crisis, then people are going to start turning around and wondering what the hell they need you for. Mm -hmm. And that's really the reality of it. I mean, full disclosure, I'm an anarchist. I'm an anarcho-capitalist. And, and if, if we are to live in a government, then it should only exist to protect our lives, rights, and property, and so forth. But the reality is, government is a monopoly on violence. It, it, it imposes itself the same way that a mob does. And it has the same level of, of the, the pomp and ceremony that it creates and the, and the, the badges and the, the titles and everything. But all that is just to hide what it is at its core. It's a bunch of people who in no other capacity of their lives would do this, because they're in this specific role that they've created for themselves or has been created for them, they claim to be able to rule over you, to take from you whatever they wish, and to, uh, and to order you around and to create crises or make them worse so they can get even more money and put you in a desperate situation so that you rely on them. They're all, worse than the mob. All under the guise of for the good of the people. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, it's, yeah, it's the biggest scam going. Yeah. So the people in this town specifically and some other ones, are you, are, are you getting a good response for libertarianism? Or the other thing I want to ask is, does that matter? Does it matter if they are <laughs> libertarians, if they do libertarian things exactly. all the time? Exactly. That's what I, I, I increasingly talk less and less uh, in my capacity in, in, with you or the power. I talk less and less about ideas like property and rights and non-aggression and liberty. I talk about respecting individual human beings. And here's the reason behind that. I can explain that to a five-year-old and mm -hmm. they'll get it. I don't care if someone identifies as a libertarian. I don't care if they identify as the exact opposite of a libertarian. If they are routinely showing up 
with us to fight on these causes and to fight for an expansion of freedom or at least a reduction in infringements on our freedom, then they're doing more good than 90% of the people out there calling themselves libertarians, frankly. I mean, they're, they're actually out there doing work. And so I would much rather have someone who is activated, excited, and ready to move on to the next thing and to continue to fight until we win on, on cause after cause after cause than someone who, you know, fully, completely gets the, the, the Rothbardian ideas of anarcho-capitalism and undo shit. Mm-hmm. Being never, perfectly honest. I've never read Rothbard, and I'm just going to come out and say it. I'm <laughs> sorry, okay? Uh, I, I think we just lost half the audience. Uh, that <laughs> sorry. No, I want to be clear about something. I consider myself a Rothbardian anarcho-capitalist, and, it, and it's good to have these principles. Uh, you know, faith without works is dead. If you, if you have these principles and you aren't doing anything with them other than, you know, calling people stupid on the Internet, what are you doing other than making enemies? I've stopped, How are you spreading freedom? As I get older, I stop listening to what people say, and I just look at what they do. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, 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 like, the, yeah. the, I think the, one of the greatest examples is, is, like, Especially in this day and age, all you know, a bunch of people are talking about how they're going to leave America, which is which is great. I mean, I think they should, but um, <laughs> but uh, they don't do it, and so it's like Just they clear. <laughs> they say all these things, but then there's no action. Whereas, like you know, you see actual Cubans, they find a stick, yeah, and float across Paddle you know across, ninety yeah. miles yeah, of yeah. ocean, yeah. Just to get to a little bit of freedom. Like, and risk getting who deported actually, when they get here and still do it. Yeah. yeah who yeah, actually yeah. yeah, who actually believes and what they say. Yeah, exactly. You know, so. If you hate if you want this country to be less free so much that you'd like to leave and then you don't, you're not helping us here. <laughs> so, you know, but go on orbits, you know, there's is. there's there's one-way flights yeah. everywhere, yeah. Okay, so what so what's next for you? How big is this movement right now? You are the power. Are you focused in, you know, the area North Carolina around there a lot. Uh, we, we focus on the causes that, that we find. We work on a lot of causes where all we have to do is put up a post or okay. beat them up in the, in the comments. Because you and they, travel and they back a lot, off. so I don't know if you're just going around cutting viral clips for people all the time. or, or <laughs> I mean, No, I, and I'm doing that as well. But yeah. the reality is, like, I'd say uh, two-thirds to three-quarters of the causes we win, you don't hear much about it because we really just have to beat them up once on one of their posts and they back yeah. right off. Gastonia is one where they're kind of entrenched. But uh, to answer your question about how we're growing, uh, to put it in perspective on the strength of the work that we are doing at You Are The Power, I got invited to go to Australia for 11 days and speak to Australian libertarians in parliament in two different states. And I found out while I was there that we've been told a lie about Australia. The reason that they went from having the worst lockdowns in the developed world to nothing is because the Australian liberty movement grew by leaps and ground, leaps and bounds in a very short period of time from just a few dozen people who were protesting every day and getting beaten up by cops and going out the next day and doing it again to over 350,000 people going to places like Melbourne and Sydney and saying, this ends now. And that liberty movement is per capita far bigger than anything we have here and has been incredibly effective in making sure that something like the COVID regime never happens. And in fact, they even have elected libertarians in parliament. And and so when I went there, we had some great conversations. We made some great connections. And long story short, uh, we are in the process of opening an Australian chapter state by state of You Are the Power. This reminds That's me, so I, wanted, cool. I wanted to get the scoop here. I heard that you were considering announcing you running for office 
in Australia. Is yes. that the case? Are you yeah, do it? at the end of one of the workshops, we had an incredible <laughs> workshop. Hundreds of, uh, of libertarians from across Australia and New Zealand were actually sitting in Parliament on July 4th. I was in the heart of the, the monarchist beast, just a few matter of feet away from the, the, the sovereign's chair, which has a little, st- <laughs> only the king can sit in it, and it has a little <laughs> sign on it that says, please don't sit, and the scepter's there and everything. But anyway, we're sitting in there, we're doing this workshop. You know, there are people on Zoom, there are people in person, and at the end I go, you know, I, you know, it just became, it was, it was midnight Eastern time, uh, July 4th. And I said, you know, it just became July 4th back home. And, and I, I can't think of a better time than the, the time that we commemorate our Declaration of Independence from the Crown. And I couldn't think of a better place than right here in the center of the Crown in Australia, surrounded by some of the most incredible libertarians on the planet, to announce that I am seeking the Libertarian Party's nomination for Prime Minister. I'm not leaving. And, uh, <laughs> and it was funny because as I'm... Like, because I was doing it real slow and drawn out, and their eyes are getting bigger and bigger. And then I say prime minister, and they start laughing. But what was funny was how many of them were like, hope that I actually meant it and that I would actually become a citizen of Australia. So, I mean, listen, (laughs) I go where I'm wanted, but I, uh, we, uh, we, for sale. I'm I'm for lease at the very least. For your love, not for money. Yes. For love and adoration. Just for, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's I can use the money too, though. I mean, I'll take money. Yeah. Most people think like I think we have it so good still in America. I mean, I know. Yeah. yeah, Comparatively, that most people still think like, oh, that'll never happen, you know. And then and then it starts to happen. And I think in Australia it was way worse. Um, But even in America, you saw people coming out and being like, okay, this is enough. You know, like, the way you can in- increasingly encroach on people's freedoms is that frog in the boiling water effect. You have to do it slowly, 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 slowly. Uh, here, the COVID regime kind of was a little bit too much of a jump. In Australia, it was like, you know, going straight to boiling and just throwing the frog in. It It, it went from, you know, Australia having pretty, you know, pretty chill cops and, and you know, letting people do their own thing on a day-to-day basis to being way more brutal uh, than our cops are during those types of situations and telling people they can't leave their houses after 7 p.m. And when I say leave their house, I mean go outside on their own property. They weren't allowed to do that. And if they did, they had to wear a mask and all this nonsense. And and they went so far to that extreme that the public bucked back and said, no, we're not doing that. And I mean, you literally had soccer moms storming parliament. You had, you had everyday people that, you know, a few weeks or months prior were just normal everyday people trying to live their lives, keep their heads low and, and you know, build something for their future. They were storming police barricades and it was just they were done. They were absolutely done. And, and when I would go to these events and I'd say, you know, who here has always been a libertarian? And like two or three people would raise their hand, not including me, because I haven't always been a libertarian. And I'd say, all right, who is here because of the covid regime? And like almost everyone would raise their hand. That movement grow, grew almost overnight. And it was absolutely incredible. And, and I uh, I am hoping to bring that energy that I saw in other parts of the world back here because the fact is they're already queuing up for whatever the next thing is, the next excuse to, to take your freedoms and to impose something upon you and use it as an excuse to print out trillions or tens of trillions of Fed notes to pay off the cronies that put them in office. That's all coming down the pike and only we are going to stop it. No one's coming to save us. We have to be the ones to save us. That I sounds, think you're that saying sounds, that, that you are the power. I'm right? saying that can I'm you, Spike Cohen, a, and you are the power. .net. Actually, .com, too. We have .com now. Okay, okay. What's cool about that is, um, uh, mate, is that... Um, <laughs> Cheers, mate. <laughs> what's cool about that, mate? Um, Crikey. The you are the power actually is it, it played out in Australia, is what you're talking about. Because, Pretty much. Because people yeah. have to realize... 
Yes. And once you get enough people, you realize how little power the government actually yeah, has. No like you get you get just a few people together and they'll back off. Yeah, yeah. look at Jan Six. <laughs> no, listen. Uh, uh, a guy I met over there named Topher Field. He was one of the first, you know, few dozen people out protesting routinely, and and he got to be there for the triumphant final protest that put an end to the thing. And uh, what he says, you you can't limit government until you limit your obedience. And put another way, there is no such thing as government power. There's only what we're willing to tolerate. Mm -hmm. The moment that even a, a relative, you know, minority of us, uh, in, in their case, just a few hundred people were storming police barricades and saying, no, you're not going to kettle us. No, you're not going to tell us we can't go outside. No, you're not going to tell us that we can't go to our houses of worship or visit our loved ones or, or you know, reopen our, our businesses or go to work or go to the grocery store or whatever. Uh, even just a few hundred people saying that, it became impossible to enforce. And at that moment, the rest of the public went, oh, we don't have to do this anymore? It doesn't take, you know, we talk about the 3%. It doesn't take 3%. It takes like 50 People, not people. Okay, I'm yeah. talking like a hundred, a hundred people, fifteen hundred people, whatever. It takes a, a relative, like, you know, nothing, infinitesimal number of people compared to the the larger group to show the other ninety nine point nine 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 whatever percent that. Oh yeah, no, we. I guess we don't have to do this anymore. They can't enforce it. They can't make us all do it. So we have to all storm Area Fifty One. Exactly. <laughs> because what they day? can't. What, they literally what day are we going to do it? Yeah. What was it before? We'll just do it a year, however many years later. Day. Yeah, <laughs> like the end of the world date. It's just going to keep changing. Right. Yes. Exactly. Bit, you know. All right. We got to wrap up. The end of the Mayan up. calendar. We got to wrap up. Uh, Spike, what was the website again for people to get involved? And by the way, I got to say the Twitter. He's. I mean, you just crush it on Twitter all the time. I appreciate. I it. can't retweet your stuff hard enough. I wish I could hit the button <laughs> even harder than I do right now. Super retweet. Yeah. They should be. Elon, we got to talk. A paid retweet for someone as a sub, like as a subscriber, you put like a couple bucks behind an ad, basically to boost that post. You pay a dollar. You pay a dollar, and when you retweet it, it goes to all. It goes in the. You get push notifications <laughs> to <laughs> all of your followers. You have to look at this. It won't let your phone. You, you your cannot. Lock your phone until you look at this. Um, no, listen, uh, if you want to get uh, join the uh, fastest growing liberty movement in the planet at this point, I guess, mm -hmm. uh, go to youwerethepower.com. We'd love to have you be a part of it. Um, you can find me on all social media, uh, Spike Cohen, pretty easy to find me. Uh, if you ever get lost, of course, uh, just go to the ATF Facebook page, look for the most recent post, and, and there you'll almost certainly find me. Because of, because of tobacco. Yeah. yeah. Because of the tobacco, yeah. yeah that's yeah. right. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you so much once again. It was great. Thank you, guys. Sweet. Dude, I forgot to ever... Did I send the... I did. Did I send the... Ever...